was listening to the radio this morning and they were talking about Ramadan because it's Ramadan now and there was uh, a discussion around in this current circumstance the problematic nature of Ramadan for uh, some families and people because this ritualized moment of fasting is then balanced with coming together in groups of people and how could they do that if they can't come together and also one of them the people in the discussion talking about his elderly father who's in his 80s um, who actually doesn't have any underlying conditions but how sensible is it to not be eating and drinking for big periods of his day Mm, mm. so it was making me think about the rituals uh, that are part of people's lives, part of people's years. It made me think about the Friday night seder ritual of coming together around a meal. And that, of course, made me think about the story that is tied up with the seder meal. And... Just that idea of um, routine and ritual in our lives now, in this moment, when I say now, I mean through this crisis. Yeah, and and how much uh, ritual is, uh, yeah, how much it's dependent on sharing it with other people, because something that I think that I've noticed in in, in this moment in time where I'm at home and... I'm with you and I'm with Loey, is that I I notice the things in my day to day that feel like rituals, but they're not they're not rituals in the same way in that they're not shared with people. But but even in the morning, just being able to go and walk in the garden and look in at the mm. garden feels there's some there's something about that that feels um yeah, like like it is a ritual. It's it's our it's our land, and how is it growing? And I notice that I'm more connected to it than than usual. Somehow, it's, yes. So where does a routine then <clears throat> start to feel like it's a ritual? When does something that has become part of your daily routine take on? Um, a different quality um, and what is the quality that that allows you to call it a ritual well it's in our definition isn't it if you if you think um, when we do uh, the one day workshop one of the first things that we talk about is uh, the sacredness of getting together with a group of people and being mm. in a circle and sharing stories. And what does that word sacred mean? And sacred implies uh, a ritual, something that's special, something that's done in a particular way has, you know, people often talk about the preciousness of it or mm. a respect that's due to it. And then of course, other people have different kinds of associations. Uh, you know, with anything that feels like a ritual, that's something they want to run a hundred miles away from. But, but it's we get to say what's what's a ritual and what's not, and we get to say what's special, and we get to 
we get to define, when I say say, I mean define, we yes. get to define what's, what's sacred and what's not. We, as in all of us. We, as, as in all of us, yeah. Mm. And we, <clears throat> um, when we're talking about our work, we do sometimes refer to storytelling as a, as a sacred activity, as you've said, coming together to, to listen and share. There's something sacred about that. And then we check in with people about what that means to them. And I th yes, that idea of preciousness, I think there's something to do with connection, you know, in, in that idea um, of sacred. And I'm coming back to the word ritual as well. It's um, you, you've talked about the activity of looking at the garden and th there, there's a sense of connection in that moment between you and the land you talked about. Mm -hmm. um, Something about, uh, and it's interesting you brought in sacred as well, because there's something around, about putting a bit of a space around the thing, whether it's the activity or, or an object, um, can feel sacred to us. But, it, but if we're talking about ritual, what's the difference between routine and ritual is that, yes, it might be something that you do more than once and you've talked about doing it every morning, but it's the kind of, it's w what you imbue it with, the preciousness, the, the, um, the space you put around it, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to come back to Ramadan, um, well, I really feel for people then. If, if a part of Ramadan experience is then gathering with people yeah. and breaking the fast together yeah. at the same time. And at the moment, that's something that's not advisable to do. But then, as we've seen with everything else, um, technology and human ingenuity will mean that, I guess, probably people will break fast together over Zoom. And then there's a question as, you know, how can you create sacred space? Hmm. Um, through, you know, Zoom. through a Zoom screen in a Zoom room, how you know? How do you make that? Can, can you? Well, I think so, because I, because I, yeah, because I think it's about connection, actually. I mean, I'm trying to think if I've done it over this last month, but I think it's we're feeling that we can. It's different, but we can feel connected to people mm. through Zoom or Skype or FaceTime or house party. Yeah. So therefore we we decide, OK, so maybe I don't have to be in the same room with you because I can still connect mm. with you. It, it might not be as good, but I I can be on my device and I mm. can see you and I and we can toast one another and we can do whatever we need to do mm. to feel connected, to make the the ritual interesting you know uh whereas you you came back to ramadan and, and breaking bread with people and i have heard people in this time talk about um meal times being different you know in, in households where there are people in different rooms doing umpteen different things whether they're children students young adults old adults um you might have a whole range of generations in one house um, doing their own thing but then coming together at meal times whether it's that they take it in turns to cook as I've heard a number of families say or that we always everything always stops and we have 
have a space around mealtime in a different way yeah. than <clears throat> when our lives were normal. Yeah, and how do how do we make if we're if we're together all day every day, or, albeit maybe in slightly different spaces or you know on devices or doing whatever it is that we're doing? Mm. Um, how do we come together uh, anew? And I mean, and actually. Yeah, that's not to do with us being in lockdown together all the time. That's a kind of lesson for every time, how actually eating together as a family or as a group of people and giving that some importance, making that be a ritual is really important in keeping the bonding and the mm-hmm. connection and you know, and I guess especially in these times, because we all might be going, you know, slightly spare, a bit spending mm. all day every day with the same people. But can we make it special? Can we bring something uh, sacred to it? Yeah. Yes. This it's interesting. Round the kitchen table, round the dining table over meals it is often a bit like a story circle as well it's um a space of of coming together and sharing what's gone on on in your day or talking stuff through not in front of the television yeah yeah um which is a kind of you know the modern phenomenon of a family meal um but i do sense that um, people are marking their days in in these different ways with these with these slightly different rituals of meal times or games you know i 've heard a lot about oh we have games nights now or we yeah because we 're trying to find what 's new in in this space of just being st- stuck together well um, and we 're craving connection because once it's t- once something is taken away from you or once it 's harder to achieve then you notice uh, you know how much you really how much you really need something I mean I if, if we think about our older kids we'd very often go weeks and weeks if they're at university or you know whatever and not and not think too much about it and now I find myself obsessing because I I, I don't actually know when the next time is that I'm going to see them and so that becomes a real need. When am I going to see my kids? Hmm. So, you know, so, so my point is about connection. Because connection is taken away from us, then we are finding ways to replicate it. We are hmm. finding ways to replicate the rituals that we have together in other ways because we're discovering that we really need them and we're discovering that we really need our connection to the earth. The numbers of people that I've heard on the radio or in in conversation talking about the birds, you know, and mm-hmm. because we're not running here, there and everywhere, I know some people are, but because we actually have a the, the gift of a bit of time, we are able to notice our connection to our earth in a, in a different way to the other species that we share it with. Mm. 
I mean, this might be a different thing. We start. Well, we, st- we started about. Ritual, we're talking about but... connection, and um, uh, I don't think it's a different thing. It's connected to this idea of ritual. I keep coming back to um, how you know st- storytelling. Um, the 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 mother or father putting the child to bed at night and the activity of telling a story is not just a routine it's a kind of ritual um it's a kind of domestic ritual that both parties get something from the Mm. child gets that closeness that moment that imaginative journey either from a made-up story or from a book or listening to a you know tape or cd of a story with a parent the child gets the closeness they get the imaginative journey and the parent gets the closeness the role of the guide um, Mm, mm. that you feel as a parent the kind of nurturing role and so what that's where i think something that's just routine come on let's have a bath let's go to bed let's read a book um that's where story storytelling is is part of family rituals, I think, and um, yes, it's making me think that in in that way of talking about the ritual of storytelling, you know, if we think back to the origins of of um, sharing stories, sitting around campfires, village in the middle of a village or whatever. Um, there would very likely be a kind of ritualized element to the sharing of stories and what those what the purpose was of sharing stories and then you think of theater and part of our background you think of like the storytelling of greek tragedy that it was part of a ritual actually greek tragedy was a part of a religious ritual wasn't it yeah just that kind of ritual bit at the center of the transaction of giving and receiving a story um so i get i think what i'm trying to do is kind of loop it back to that idea of connection that that there's a giving and a receiving in this um in the ritual of of storytelling yeah i what it made me think about was how as a parent when you do the bedtime story when you tell the bedtime story Mm it connects you to your child but also it connects you to the child inside you who got told stories and who you know i i i would say to my dad oh can i have a bruin bear story please let me have a bruin bear story and bruin bear was a character that my dad made up and he would just make up stories about this bear and i remember the feeling of how um how safe it felt mm. to be in bed and being told that story. Um, and so when you're the teller of the story, it kind of plugs you into that heritage of storytelling, you know, that, that yeah, mm. absolutely, mm. ultimately goes back to campfires and religious ritual and, you know, all that. But but in in its most personal sense, it's takes you back to when you were the child made safe by hearing a story and then you pass it on. You become the adult who passes on 
the story and the feeling yeah. of safety yes. to your child, but you get to experience it all over again. And your dad might make up a story that, that um, takes you as a listener or the child as a listener on the journey that he wants to take you on, that he wanted to be taken on as a child. But also you might, as a parent, be returning to the books that you loved as a child. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's Bar Bar <clears throat> or uh, The Elephant or what, I don't know, any number of books that turn you back into a child, that remind you of the experience of being taken on a journey. Yes. Yes, you... Um, you, you sent me off in many directions there. And I think one is just realizing how culture is transferred from generation to generation through ritual and through stories. Mm, we started mm. with Ramadan and yeah. the Seder, the Jewish Seder. I mean, those are those rituals are based in, in a story of, of meaning. Yeah. Um, and so much of who we are is, um, is bound up um, in, in the story of who we are, cult- culturally. Remember when the lockdown first started and it happened to be Mother's Day? And Mothering Sunday in the oh, yes. in the UK is you know originally a church festival. It's in you know I, I don't know exactly where it occurs in the calendar, but so our impulse because people couldn't connect, but there was still that that need for people to you know they aren't necessarily going to be able to see their mother on Mother's mm, Day. Mm. But there's still that impulse to honour and celebrate mothers and mothering on, on that day, you know, whether you are still connected yes. to maybe the, the Christian tradition that I know that I grew up in, which was about, you know, being a brownie and going to church and, you know, getting a little bunch of daffodils. Um, and I don't consider myself to be a Christian, but I grew up in that. And so that need for the ritual on that day is, is still there, just because it's ab- about mothers. And our, and our instinct was to have a story circle on that day so that people could... Ritualise the day in, yeah, in some way. And could tell the stories, because yes. if you tell the story of your mother or of being mothered then um, you create that energy, you create yes. that feeling, and you create that connection to that experience. And when we did it, there were some mothers and children, so the mother could hear the child tell a story, and the mother could tell her own mother's story. But, but most people didn't have a mother there, um, but they were remembering the mother. Yeah. They were doing that thing, actually, <clears throat> that, that the American anthropologist Barbara Meyerhoff talks about, which is, um, and she actually writes about ritual and storytelling. And this has reminded me, I really want to go back to some of the things that she's written because you just said that we have a book by her. Mm. But she coined the re-membering in the sense that when we remember somebody, we make them a member again of our club when their membership might have rescinded as we've, uh, we've let them go and we haven't been thinking about them, we remember them, we bring them back 
And that's what I guess people were doing in that story circle that day. Yeah. They were re-remembering yeah. them. Yeah, and I, and I also, when I hear re-member, to me that also implies making whole again, putting, yes. putting together again, you know, telling, yes. telling all the stories. Because, you know, if you take um, Mother's Day or mothering as an example, mm. um, well, it's not always a perfect experience. And, and actually, all the stories are valuable to um there, there can be many different kinds of stories mm. told um remembering remembering whole again yeah yeah <clears throat> i mean i'm i'm I, i'm just i'm no, noticing myself settling into this new life that we have I have mm. felt over the last couple of days that having gone through a sort of initial anxiety of what's happening and then being ill and then recovering and then, um, you know, having all sorts of different feelings. But in the last couple of days, I've just felt, oh, I'm, I suppose it's just getting used to it, actually. Mm. It's, it's kind of... Um, Ah, accepting the experience, and so because of that, I'm beginning to be aware of the of what the story is of being able to kind of notice. Okay, so is it about getting up every morning and going out into the garden and and those rituals mm. and those things that happen are part of a new story and a new mythology that I'm building in myself. Mm. about COVID-19. You know, in five years' time, how will I tell the story? In ten years' time, how will I tell the story of this time? And at the very beginning, mm. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of it as a story because it was just like horror, this thing un, unfolding. What, what on earth is happening to us? And, of course, I still have moments where it feels like, like yeah. that. Yeah. But... Um, and I, th I think that, yes, I think that it, I have found it helpful to find specialness in simple, what might have seemed like mundane activities and moments of a day, because I'm not leaving the house very often at all. And it's like... It's reminding me of that piece you worked on based on um, a voyage round my bedroom, wasn't that? A mm. book by... Uh, De Maestre. Philosopher? Yeah, yeah. Which was very mindful in a sense, wasn't it? Well, he lost a duel and his punishment was to be confined to his room for 40 days. And so uh, he he decided that he would really inhabit his room for those 40 days and that actually getting to know one small space in detail... Intimately. Intimately yeah. in detail could be as fantastical and as rich as travelling the world for 40 days. So it was a voyage around his bedroom. He got to know every inch of the space 
that he was in. So, so yeah, so it's something about finding the specialness in the small, discreet things that are around us, the limited things and experiences that we've got, but somehow putting some space around them that means that we can travel around the world and yeah. not yeah. feel Yeah, and, and people may discover that there'll be something about this Ramadan that is particularly um, sweet and, and connecting. And yeah, be, because of the because there's a particular kind of adversity, then you kind of really you you see in a different way why something why you're doing something why something is as special as it is, mm. um, and as we mark all these things, you know, like Loie's birthday, we've found a way very simply with what we could do to to mark that to mark that day for her mm. and i and i think in years to come we'll have a particular i don't know you know sense 2020 the year of seeing clearly <laughs> yeah